right. Praise the Lord. I have something to share with you today. Amen. And uh, I just feel that God wants to speak to us through this word today. Let us go to uh, Romans 8, 1. Romans 8, 1. Romans 8, 1. Why don't you greet two, three people around you? Yeah, because we're kind of stiff right now, you know? I don't like to be stiff. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's it. Move around. Smile at someone. Show them your cavities or something. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let them see that gap in between your teeth. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. I love it, Brother, Brother Villegas, but when, when someone, even though they have a gap, they still smile. I mean, hey, they open that mouth from ear to ear, man. Let them show it all. Praise the Lord. There's some people that, ah, let them see them cavities. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. We are free indeed. Say, I am free indeed. But brother, uh, brother Isaac Barrera just told you to repeat after him. I, I, I think we should confess also who we are. We are free indeed. Twenty-five minutes, you just come up. You, 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 I like the way you looked at your watch. Shh, I'll do it, Pastor. All right, praise the Lord. Okay. Look what Paul is telling the, the church in Rome. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk, well, listen to what it says, who do not walk, say I don't walk, according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Say I am free indeed. Now, say it like you mean it. I am free indeed. I've always put this illustration because it was about 40 years ago. I'm not that old, but I was real young. I, I uh, went to the county prison to take someone out of prison. Uh, and, you know, before they release you, after they pay a bail bond, you know, after they re release you, or better yet, uh, as you give the, the bail bond uh, or the money, they, uh, they take about maybe, that time it took like an hour and a half, two hours before the person could come out. Brother Margo, God is my witness. I was there. I, that was the first time I was taking someone out, you know. So I was by the door, and, and, and a person would come out, and another person would come out. Not one of them opened the door and said, shucks, I should have stayed there. Not one. Man, everyone that opened the door, 
They would hug those around them. Man, some would jump. But see, since I've never been there, I don't know the freedom that they're enjoying. You see what I'm saying? I cannot, I cannot feel what they were feeling. So I would look at them and say, man, there's something wrong, you know. But each one of them, one after the other, man. Yeah! And I was like, Oh, man, they're happy. They're happy. You know why? Because they were free. There's something about freedom. And he says, hey, there is therefore now no condemnation. You're not bound no more to those that are in Christ Jesus. There's such a freedom. Everyone say freedom. Thank you, Lord. Let me just express it as you want me to do it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let's go to Romans 7.25. Now, Listen to what Paul is saying. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, what is this? I myself serve the law of God. But with my flesh, the law of sin. So it's, it doesn't make sense. It's like Paul is saying, I'm divided. Everyone say divided. Now, what he's saying is that the things that are within the law, I have to pay attention to them. And the things that I have to pay for, I'm going to pay for them. That's what he's saying. But with the flesh, the law of sin. And whether we want to or not, we are afflicted because of sin. Everyone say sin. And sin takes a toll on what? On our body. It takes a, it takes a, a toll on us. So then, but there is something greater because if your mind is set on Jesus, something greater ought to happen within us. So we have to establish this. So now, Paul has just finished explaining that the spiritual laws which hold the carnal or so-called Christians in bondage, we have to keep in mind of this, to sin and self, we have to understand that sin tries to always bring us back down. We, we, we have to understand this. And whether we want to or not, you and I have to go to work because of what? Because of sin. Chucks, man. Who do we blame? He's happy she's not here. That's what he's saying that. 
But, but, but the reality is this. But the reality is this. That even though we understand this now through the word of God, the new understanding has to come into our life. The new law, the new way of life is totally different than what the world practices on a daily basis. Because they are subject to that bondage. They are, there's no way of escape for them. Who do they run to? Who do they go to? Now, we have to understand this. We have a new way. Within the new law, there is a complete freedom for the believers both from the penalty and the power of sin. So there is an understanding now. Listen to me. That we know what the wages of sin is. But thanks be to God, there is a freedom that has been established through the word of God for us. That we don't have to live under that bondage or that penalty of sin. Someone say amen. There is no power that can overtake us through sin no more. And that's the thing is that we have to be awake every, every, every moment. No more condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. So now, let me tell you something. This, this is what, 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 what gets to me. That we're living always looking out. We're always looking out to see who's seen us. Because we're afraid that we're going to be pointed out, accused. And Paul is telling us there is no more condemnation. When you are in Christ, there is no room for sin. Do you understand what, what I'm saying? Because when you're in Christ, Christ fills it out. Christ fills it all, I'm trying to say. When Christ is inside of us, there is no room for, for sin. Can you say amen? So there is new, no room for sin. So now we have to understand this. Now, Romans 7 shows us how much we have to understand this. And we have to understand this because now in Romans chapter 8, because now in Romans 7, every, have you read Romans 7? Romans 7, Paul is saying, there's a battle. The things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I shouldn't do, those are the things that I do. And then he ends up the chapter by saying, miserable man am I. I'm a miserable man. Let me, let me ask you this. When you commit wrong, when you commit wrong, how do you feel? Terrible, guilty, huh? Condemnation. Nobody else knows. Just you. Huh? Bobby wasn't there. Martha wasn't there. Nobody was like, I blew it. I blew it. Who's condemning you? 
thank God. I said, thank God that chapter 8 comes along and tells us now there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. You don't have to live a condemned life. You know why we live that way? Because we give room to sin. So that means that Christ is not occupying everything within us. Huh? We're opening a space for Satan to take over a desire, a want in our lives, and we fall for his trap. Huh? But Paul is saying us, man, you don't have to live like that. I said, you don't have to live like that. The Holy Spirit controls or should control everything of the believer. How many believers in the house we have today? So we should live, oh, listen, we should live a life full of joy, of gladness. Amen. Not of condemnation. Leave it for those that are living in sin. But I'm not living in sin. Amen. And when Satan comes around and comes against me, there is power in the name of Jesus to overcome sin. Someone say hallelujah. Ah, someone say hallelujah. Now there's a way to escape this. Amen. Listen. See, Satan knows how to play with our minds. He knows how to play with our mind. So this is what happens. Satan plays with our mind, and we fall into temptation. Nobody's fallen into temptation? Nothing but saints here, man. Wow, man, that's awesome. But when you fall into temptation, listen, your mind tells you you blew it. But since you know or you think that nobody saw, nobody was there, and you ask God to forgive you, and God will forgive you because he's not a man to lie. He will forgive you. And then it so easily happens again. And then you say, I'm going to ask for forgiveness again. And then it becomes a what? A cycle. And then when it becomes a cycle, it becomes something as a norm. That you lose feeling. Everyone say you lose feeling. How many have calluses in your hands? Any man have a callus in your hands? What happens? When you build up a callus, is because you rubbed it and rubbed it and rubbed it and rubbed it. When you, you have hands that are tender or how could you say sensitive or something, and you get a shovel and you get a shovel and you start shoveling and you start shoveling and you start shoveling, what happens? You get a blister. But when you have calluses and you get that shovel and you can go the whole day and will you get a blister? <gasps> because that hand has lost a sens sensitivity. Huh? Now that callus is taking all that your skin should take. 
And Satan comes around and he builds a callus around your heart so you won't be sensitive any longer. But when you are in the presence of God, you are sensitive to say, that is wrong. That is not right. Because your mind is still sensitive to the things that are right and wrong. You understand what I'm saying? So what we have to come to the understanding, Brother Marco, is to ask God to take control of our being. And let, let, let us go to first, I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And let us go to verse number 5. 10-5. Listen. Casting down what? Arguments and every high thing that what? Ah, bringing every what into what? To the what? To the obedience of Christ. Everyone say, to the obedience of Christ. So now, keep the verse up there. Now, listen what, what, what Paul is telling us. You have the power to get rid of, to cast away every argument. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So now anything that comes to you that is not within the will of God, if you have Jesus in your mind, in your being, you have the power to cast that down in Jesus' name. And you know when a thought comes into your mind, don't you? Do you know? You know when that thought comes into your mind. But Paul is telling us, when you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got the power to cast that thought away or cast it down in Jesus' name. Because you could tell Satan, Satan, get thee behind me. I don't have to be thinking. Or you get your iPad or your computer or your iPhone or your smartphone and something pops up and you're not supposed to be watching. Ah, get away from me, Satan. I'm not going to let you mess with my mind. You understand what I'm saying? Or when, when, when Satan presents that drug to you that you had an appetite to, when, 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 when you, that, that urge comes to you, that desire comes to you because you, you, you feel that want within you. If you've got Jesus in your mind, you say, hey, get thee behind me, Satan. I've got the power of the Holy Ghost. I've got the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. That's what the Word of God tells me. And we have to believe it. And not only believe it, but now we have to live it. Because Satan is not satisfied with you only believing. You've got to live it. Say, I've got to live it. That's right. So then the Holy Spirit has to control the motives of the believer. What moves us? What motivates us? Huh? Because let me tell you something. We have to understand this. That's a, you have to have a, a prayer life. Everyone say a prayer life. You can't make it with just, hey, coming to church on Sunday. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ every day of your life. Because you don't know when you're going to be attacked. You know, Oti's my son. And you all know Oti. Come here, Oti. 
Oh, he's my son. And I know he don't like this, but I'll do it anyway because he's my son. So, Listen. Otis, he's a good-looking man. Takes after his mom. <laughs> Listen. Oti is blessed right now. And I believe this. He's blessed. And I'm going to tell you why. Because he has his mama and he has his dad praying for him every day. You know, because I know the type of work that OT does. Every morning that I come to pray, this is what I pray. God, cover him with your blood. Because he's going to be going into homes. He don't know what he's going to encounter. He don't, knows what, he don't know what spirits are going to be there. He don't know what trap Satan has against him. But God, right now, I release him into your hands. I pray for him. And I cover him with the blood of Jesus. I say, cover his mind, Lord Jesus. Cover his mind, Lord Jesus. And I'm pretty sure his mama does the same thing every day. Cover him, Jesus. Ah, oh, but I want, I want you to understand. It's not sufficient just for mama and daddy to pray for him. He's got to do his own fighting. His own warrioring against the, the, the evil one. He's got to do his own battle. Amen. Battling against Satan. Thank you, son. That's the reason because we have to maintain a relationship. Relationship with Jesus Christ for ourselves. Say for myself. I said for myself. Listen, I've got a prayer that has lasted over 2,000 years. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know whose prayer that was? Jesus' prayer. He prayed for you, Sister Elizabeth, 2,000 years ago. And he said, hey, Lord Jesus, you he said, God, Father, you gave her into my hands. I don't ask that you take her out of the world, but that you keep her from sin. That's a powerful, that's a powerful prayer. That's a powerful prayer. And then came along your mama. And she, without a doubt, as you were growing up, the years that you had, she, she prayed for you and prayed for you. And then you had your dad and you had your dad. But you don't have them no more. But thank God they left the foundation for you. Listen, they, she, they, they left the foundation that now, even though they're gone and the power of the prayer still stands, now you have access to the throne of God yourself that you can fight your own battles in Jesus' name. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what makes us strong. That is what makes us strong. Someone say hallelujah. Someone shout hallelujah. So there is a great difference between being in the flesh and being in the spirit. And if we go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, we can see this. And this is what it tells us. This is what it tells us. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. But you are not in the flesh. But in what? If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of God or of Christ, he is not of his. So now it's telling us here that we have to understand this. 
So then those who are in the flesh, verse 8, cannot please God. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God. So I cannot, if I'm, listen, uh, when O.T. was growing up, if he did not do what I asked him to do, I could not reward him. I could not reward him. I would reward him with something else. But we want God to reward us if we're not pleasing him. Huh? And God cannot reward us that way. And that's the reason he's telling us. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And we have to understand that God needs to be pleased in order for him to reward us. Huh? Why? Because we have to understand this. That's how we get to Jesus. Because that's the only way we're going to please him. Everyone say, please him. And when you please, then you're rewarded. If you're not pleasing God, he won't reward you. So faith is what pleases God. And we must understand that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. How many remember when you were kids? When you did something wrong, when you did something wrong, did you go to Papa and say, I messed up? Huh? No, you wouldn't do that. My dad, man, I would never get close to him. And I knew when my dad was upset because my dad used my two names when he was upset. When he was happy, he was just, Victor. Victor. But when I heard Victor Otoniel, man, that's twice the punishment. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he says right here in verse number 8. So then those that are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse number 9, it tells us, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. So now let me tell you something. He's got to dwell inside of us every day. That's like we need to walk close to Jesus. I don't want to be in bondage one day and the next day in sin, in freedom. No, no. Or then be free and then be back in bondage. I've never been in jail and I would never want to be in jail. But you tell someone or ask someone that's been in jail if they want to go back to jail. No, they don't. They want to stay. They plead with a policeman. Have you seen those cop shows? Huh? Please, please, I have three kids. Please, please. I'm oh, sorry, you got to go in. To be in the flesh is to be motivated by the desires of the flesh. Listen to what it's saying. To be in the flesh is to be motivi- motivated. To be motivated by the spirit of the flesh. By the flesh. But to be in the spirit is to be motivated by the spirit of God. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? When you're in the flesh, you're motivated to do that of the flesh. But when you're in the Spirit of God, you want to be doing the things of the Spirit of God. You want to be doing right. Man, aren't, haven't you done things that are rewarding? It's not, not money. It's spiritually and mentally. I did right. I blessed someone today. I did right. Man, it's rewarding. Man, I talked to someone about Jesus today. I saw him hungry and I bought him lunch. Have you ever seen those people that are really hungry? I'm talking about really hungry. Not, not the ones that want your money. Because there's a lot. Of, I'll work for food. I'll work. For, you offer them work. Oh, I don't, don't, don't. Get, get out of here, guy. happened to me. They're right off the freeway. I'll work for money. I'm for food. I work for food. I'm sorry. I work for food. I'll buy you some food. I'm not get out. Get out. You don't want no food. You want money. And the thing is this. But when there's someone that's really hungry and you pay for the food at McDonald's or wherever, good about it. Huh? And some even take advantage a little of you, right? i never forget that I went to a hospital in Albuquerque when I was living in Albuquerque. Went to the hospital and they had a, a subway there in the, at the hospital. And I went there and there was this vagabond there that he wanted some money for food. And then, second must have been around 15, 16 years of age. He saw him. He said, don't worry about it. My dad will buy you food. I said, I guess I will. I said, what do you want, sir? And he went up there. I thought he was going to order like a single sandwich or something like that. Six inch. He said, let me have the, the foot long, double meat. Like, I was, I was going to rebuke every spirit in him, you know. He just started going at it. He wanted a cookie, he wanted chips, he wanted this. He wanted, I, I think I bought him food for the whole week there, you know. greatest thing is that second felt so good man dad you did a good deed there even though I was hurting inside <laughs> let me tell you something he taught me something because afterwards we saw the man was so grateful and I'm here to tell you God is that way he, said, he, he says he, he will open the windows of heaven. Because he don't want to see us in bondage. He don't want to see us in condemnation. 
he wants to set us free. Now there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. I've said this illustration before, but for those that have not heard it, the worst thing is to live in condemnation, being accused. When you're accused, that's the worst thing. I'll never forget the illustration that was that was presented by a preacher. And he said that it was about summertime when the parents decided that their two kids we just say, John and Sally, we're going to go visit Grandpa on the farm. John and Sally went out that summer to visit Grandpa and Grandma. And John went out there, and, and he was ready, man, whatever Grandpa said. So Grandpa, the first day he got there, he gave him a slingshot. He said, well, I'm going to show you how to use this slingshot. And all of a sudden, he would get the slingshot, aim at, at a pole. The pole was here, and the rock went that way. He, said, he would pull on it, and when he would release it, he would, he would just release it, and the slingshot went everywhere. The rock. Never hit nothing. He saw a bird, tried to hit the bird. Before the rock got there, the bird flew away. One day, he was at the pond there. And right there, right there in the pond, it was Grandma's duck. And Johnny says, Man, I never hit nothing anyway. That duck just, he said, oh, God, what am I going to do now? What am I going to tell Grandma? Man, he, he went to the middle of the pond, got the duck, brought it out, and he went over there to the, to the barn and hit it. And when he hit it, he said, nobody is going to know. And when he's coming out of the barn, Sally's right there. Sally says, I saw it. But I'm not going to tell Grandma. But I saw it. Next morning, Grandpa says, Johnny, I'm going to town. You want to go with me? Sally's going to stay with Grandma. We're going to wash dishes and everything else. So we yeah, Grandpa. And Sally looks at her. Grandpa, he don't want to go. He doesn't want to go. And Johnny goes. And Sally just goes. I don't want to go, Grandpa. I don't want to go. The whole week was like that. We're going to go hunting. Johnny, I'm going to go teach you to hunt. Sally goes, he hates hunting, Grandpa. No one. The whole week. 
was tired. The week was gone. He was about to go back to the city. Living in bondage. That morning before they left, Grandma came to him and said, Grandpa's going into, into town. Do you want to go with him, Johnny? He stood quiet. Johnny didn't say a word. And all of a sudden, he said, But, Grandma says, But I know, Johnny, I was right there. And the house was up towards a hill. He says, Johnny, come here. She opened the window. She says, what do you see down there, Johnny? The pond, Grandma. The pond. Says, I was right here, Johnny. I was right here. I saw it all, Johnny. How come you didn't say nothing, Johnny? How come you didn't say nothing? If you would have just said, Grandma, I blew it. I messed up. Why do you have to live in condemnation? Why do you have to live that way? Why, Johnny? Why do you have to live in turmoil? Why? By that time, he says, Grandma, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Johnny, I forgave you the first day happened but you had not forgiven yourself and we are that way we live in condemnation and Paul tells us you don't have to live that way you just live under grace for there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus if you walk in the spirit if you have a relationship with God you can come boldly before the throne of God and tell him God I've blown it today I don't want to live like this I don't want to think like this I don't want to stay like this God I want to live the way you want me to live and he says now there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. If you walk in the Spirit, you're going to live in the Spirit. But if you walk in condemnation, you're going to be condemned for the rest of your life. But it's up to you how you want to live. If you can stand with me. I should have said 45 minutes, but thank you, Illinois. He's just doing his job. Listen, how do we live? How do I live? I've been that way. I've been that way. Brother Alfredo preached on forgiveness yesterday or taught on forgiveness. It hit me, man. It hit me. Every conference speaker was awesome. But it, it just hit me. Because I know what it is to live in the bondage of not forgiving. I lived that way for many years. Many years. I couldn't forgive. 
every time I remembered it, it just like opened that wound. And if you and I do not forgive, we cannot permit for his forgiveness to be true in our lives. We have to forgive in order for us to permit for that forgiveness to be in our lives. And you probably wonder, what was it, Brother Prado? What was it? I was just but a kid, five years old. Six years old of age. When my mom and my dad had left me in the care of my grandma. And I had visited aunt and an uncle of mine went there to pick me up. And it was about a seven minute walk. Ten minute walk. And I don't know what happened to my uncle that day but he was upset or something. And he got me. And for ten minutes Nonstop, he beat me all the way home. I remember, and I would figure this, Brother Sanchez, as it was happening to me at that point. I would see bulges up of skin with a belt used to just wrap around me. I remember that when I got to my grandma's house and she saw me she got upset at my uncle and, and she cried and cried and, but I never forgot that never I never forgot that and I was living in bitterness I would see my uncle being destroyed killed and destroyed and I would choice within me that he was gone but that was not of God but what I'm trying to tell you is how your mind can keep you bound every day or every time better yet that I would see him even though I would smile at him and I would get his hand and smile at him inside of me. I go. Which is hurt inside of me. Because I was living in condemnation. I would condemn myself because of the evil thoughts that I would have against my uncle. It was not until that day that I asked God. Let your forgiveness come and cover me, God. And I was already in my 20s when that happened. I'll never forget after that when I would see him. It was a totally different outlook because I was not living under my own condemnation. 
Perhaps my uncle forgot about it. Perhaps he was under some drug or under some pressure or whatever was tearing him apart. I don't understand. But I could not accept that. But I come to tell you today, it's not up to someone else no more. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to me to say, I refuse to live under condemnation. I refuse to live under condemnation. For there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. God, what I cannot do, you can do it, God. Ah, Lord Jesus, cleanse my spirit, cleanse my body, cleanse my soul, Lord Jesus. And from that day on, I was relieved from that. Now I'm a free person. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I refuse to be bowed. I don't care who talks about me. I don't care what they accuse me of. I don't care what they say. Falsely accuse me. I don't care no more. I refuse to be bound. I refuse to be condemned. I am a free man. I said, I'm a free man. Because he said, now there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And I'm not going to let Satan take over my mind. Never again. With God's help, never again. Never again. And I'll tell you how I know. Because over 27 years ago, they killed my brother. And when they killed my brother, they caught the killer that killed my brother. And they wanted me to go to court to see who had killed my brother. And I told them, I refuse to go and see that. I don't want no ill memory in my mind. Because if today he was right there and that I know that he killed my brother, but behind that man there or better yet inside that man there is a soul that needs salvation and even though he did away with someone that I love he needs what I have what I have now is Jesus and that's what I have to share with the whole world because I refuse to under condemnation. I refuse to live that way. I refuse to be bound. I refuse to be a prisoner of Satan. I've been set free. And every time I remember the people coming out of that county jail, jumping up, shouting out, happy, hey, I am happy. I can shout the song of victory. I am free. I am free. I am free. Is there someone here that's free today? Is there someone here that can say, I am free. I was born to be free. I'm not condemned. I'm not condemned for there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus.
said, I don't know who this message was for, but I know this. I know this. That when you live that way, you're not free. But if there is someone here that can say, I need freedom, I want you to come to this altar right now. Is there someone here that says, I need freedom, Prado? Is there someone here that can say, I need freedom? There's nothing greater than freedom. There's nothing greater than freedom. There's nothing greater than freedom. I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free. I want no shackles. No more shackles. Sing it, no more shackles. No more shackles. I refuse to be bound. I refuse to be bound. I want to be set free. I want to be set free. I want to be set free. Free my spirit, my soul, and my body. God, I want to be free. I want to be free, Jesus. I want to be free. I want to be free. If you could raise your hands and just tell him, I want to be free, God. I want to be free for anything and everything in my mind. I want to be free, God. I want to be free today, God. I want to be free from my accuser that accuses me in my mind, God. I want to be free. I want to be free, Lord. I want to be free. I've done you wrong. I know I have. I messed up in life. I know I have. I, I've done this, God. I've done that. But hey, you're telling me today that there is no condemnation now. You're telling me that there is no condemnation. Because there's no more shackles in me, God. There's no more shackles on me, God. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just tell him, God, just set me free right now, God. I know you've got the power, and I'm believing. I'm trusting you, God. Set me free. Set me free, Jesus. Just set me free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Claim it. Declare it. Live it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I'm declaring it, God. I'm living it right now, Lord Jesus. I'm declaring it right now. No more. No more bondage. I am free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free, Jesus. I'm free. Just tell him I'm free. Just tell him I'm free. No more bondage. I am free. Just tell him I'm free. Just tell him I'm free. No more shackles. With your power, I'm free. No more bondage. I am free. With your power, I'm free, God. With your power, I'm free.
sing it, church. Sing it. No more bondage. Because I'm free. I'm free, God. No more shackles and no more chains. No more bondage. I am free. Yes, Jesus, I'm free, God. I'm free, Lord. I am free, God. No more shackles and no more chains. No more bondage. I am free. I'm free, Jesus. I'm free, Lord. I am free. As we leave this place today, let's ask God, God, that we will stay in your freedom. God, during this week, I want to be free all week, God. Against temptation, I'm not going to buy into it no more, God. I'm not going to give myself into it no more. I'm free. I'm going to enjoy every step of the way. I'm free. I am free. We're going to be dismissed right now. That's going to be our prayer. I'm going to ask our pastor to pray. And he's going to pray for us. And we're going to unite with him so that we can remain free. I want to be able to enjoy this week. In Jesus' name.